0: You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. All right, everyone, today we are going to be talking about circadian rhythm health and why it is so crucial. I'm also going to be talking about if you're a shift worker or if your schedule changes, how you can help your body adapt to whatever schedule you are currently following. So we're going to dive into all of that today. I want to just first start by talking about circadian rhythm, what it is and why it is so crucial to your hormone health, your digestive health, your ability to prevent disease down the road and just really have optimal health. So circadian rhythm is essentially your sleep-wake cycle. And that's dictating everything during the day. That's dictating various hormones that we're releasing during the day, when our digestion is going to be strongest, when our detox is most potent. And so it's really important to have this imbalance if you're looking to have any sort of hormonal imbalance. And that goes for both male and female cycles. Male cycles or male hormones really do so dictate uh, on a circadian rhythm. They're on much more of like a 24-hour cycle, whereas female cycles are on a 28 to 35 day cycle. So this is, I think, very crucial. I put a poll on my Instagram talking about what are some things that you want to see on the podcast and someone responded like more male hormone stuff. This, if, if that's you, that you're, you are a male listening, or you are looking for something to help your spouse or your partner, or just a loved one in your life, this is going to be incredibly crucial for not only you, but for them, because especially because their hormones are on a 24 hour cycle, their testosterone, one of the, you know, their biggest, most Potent and important hormones really is on such a sleep wake cycle that I see low T in men all the time, and it's contributing to things like low libido, low muscle mass, belly fat gain, and when their circadian rhythm isn't optimal, it makes sense as to why. So Going back, circadian rhythm, again, that sleep-wake cycle. Because it's a sleep-wake cycle, we can really dictate and flip-flop it depending whatever your schedule is. What is, I think, hardest for my shift workers is sometimes that schedule doesn't remain the same all day or all week. You know, for nurses, this is probably the most common of the people that I see, they are on maybe three twelves, right? So maybe they're doing three overnights, but then the rest of the time they're kind of trying to adapt to their normal schedule. So it is hard because you your body craves a routine. Our body loves routine. We have to think back to infants and children. They have a bedtime routine. They have a wake up routine and how important and special that is for their development. It really doesn't change as we age. We like to think, oh aging is so great I can, you know, just completely stay up as late as I want and sleep in and then I can be okay during the week. And and honestly that might work for a few years, maybe when we're teenagers or maybe early 20s, but that will not fly because you will start to see downline hormone imbalances from inconsistency. Um, We tend to see dysregulated cortisol. We tend to see adrenal fatigue issues, low thyroid, estrogen dominance, uh, lower melatonin production, which melatonin is a really key antioxidant. So I like to think of circadian rhythm is our little baby cycles it we want to have a regular bedtime routine we want to have a consistent wake-up routine because when you can keep that consistent your body kind of starts to learn what to expect Uh, so i'll kind of explain that Um, but really balancing your circadian rhythm starts in the morning so if you are looking to start your day off and really get that burst in cortisol. If you've heard any of my Dutch Tuss podcasts, I've talked about that cortisol awakening response. I was in a consult yesterday and they were like, I thought cortisol was bad. It's not bad. We just want it to be regulated. We want cortisol rising in the morning and not rising at night. So your cortisol levels in terms of a circadian rhythm is going to be going to start rising within 30 to 60 minutes of you being awake. So that's why you should be able to wake up naturally without caffeine within 30 to 60 minutes that you're up. You know, if you're not a morning person and it takes you a second, but once you get moving, you really should feel energized. That's that cortisol rising. Cortisol's highest mid-morning. That's why you should feel most productive mid-morning. Even if you're not a morning person, mid-morning is ideally the highest time for our cortisol And then slowly throughout the day, it's just going to continue falling off. It does get a little low in the afternoon. We don't want it too low. That's where we feel those afternoon slumps and then taper off and be lowest at bedtime, ideally making it seamless and easy to be able to go to bed. that's just, cortisol is just one piece of the puzzle. If your cortisol is flatlined, you just feel flatlined all day. You don't feel like you get productive. You don't feel like you're noticing um, maybe a time that you feel most productive, you're just kind of feeling blah. So how can we set ourselves up for increasing cortisol in the morning? One early morning light exposure is really important. So here, if I'm getting up at 5:30, 5:45. it's dark unfortunately right now so i've been using red light therapy in the mornings to stimulate the red light that i would be getting from that sunrise red light is so crucial for me in terms of uh, seasonal affective disorder just really helping my productivity and kind of stimulating my hormones in a similar way to the sun people say that you can do happy lights and things like that but then there, I've heard other contradicting uh, info that it's too much, it's too harsh, it's not as close to natural. But if if you can at least get when, whatever light exposure, even if the sun is through the clouds and it's not complete sun exposure, if you're getting at least any of that morning light exposure, that's going to really help set you up for making more melatonin at night. So circadian rhythm is not just about, okay, I suck at falling asleep, so I just need to worry on a bedtime routine, circadian rhythm and optimal, uh, sleep wake cycle really is an all day type thing. Cause what you're doing in the morning is going to set you up for the nighttime. And what you're doing at nighttime is going to set you up for the morning. What you're doing in the middle of the day can help support both. So it really is, it's not necessarily an all or nothing, but all every, at every kind of point, it's going to help support the other portion so that early morning light exposure going to help support melatonin throughout the night any type of light exposure you get during the day that's information to your eyes that okay it's light 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 when we see dark when it gets dark out we start producing melatonin so now in the winter it's darker earlier we are going to start producing melatonin earlier we should feel tired earlier what happens if we get a second wind well that's a cortisol dysfunction. You might be working out at night and your workouts might be driving cortisol. So it's just important that if you are to be doing things that are going to activities during the day that are going to mimic what you want your cortisol doing at that time. So I work out in the morning, which really helps support that cortisol rising in the morning. It's also when I'm most productive. So it just makes sense. But if someone maybe works out at the evening, evening, remember, is when I said we want cortisol at the lowest. So, okay, if you're going to work out, maybe we're really prioritizing parasympathetic nervous system activities after that workout. So that being maybe some meditation, some breath work, some mobility, some stretching, some really you know dark or dim light exposure because especially if you're going to like a commercial gym that a lot of that can be fluorescent lighting, which can definitely be stimulating. But if you're working out at home, you can do a little bit more to modulate that Um, nighttime. Once that sun starts to go down, you want to start dimming the lights in your house. You don't want to be doing any harsh overhead lighting. You want the light to be soft. You want it to be lamps. Uh, I love the salt lamps because they're like that nice comforting orange color just any really type of like low light lamps we're really not doing a lot of harsh overhead stuff. Um, and then that's also a time that we want to stay off of our blue light devices because any blue light is going to be inhibiting that melatonin that we're trying to make. And melatonin isn't just important for getting us to sleep. It's an antioxidant and it's really helping to regulate this whole cycle. So I think we think of it only as important to actually physically get us to sleep and make us tired, but it really is is key to this whole cycle, staying consistent. And remember, this whole cycle is so much bigger than just when you wake up and when you go to bed. It's dictating when you're producing other hormones during the day, um, how balanced your cortisol levels might be, because remember, our cortisol is dictating all of our other hormones. Our blood sugar is dictating all of our other hormones. And blood sugar is also very much so on a circadian rhythm. It's sometimes can like we want to obviously try to keep it stable as much as we can all day long but because of our digestive capacity um, when we're most productive when we need more fuel it makes more sense that we are a little bit more um, sensitive or um, we we can handle a little bit more earlier in the day and as the day goes on digestion and our tolerance for that can kind of come down which is interesting because it all goes together everything is very much so tied together so really working on cortisol practices if you're doing something late at night is really important Cortisol melatonin production we want that nice and low so okay um, what if you what if your schedule changes what if you might work nights or you work evenings and then another time you're in the morning I would say whatever your routines look like you want them to stay, as consistent as you can. So if you are, so I'll take my night shift nurse workers, for example. This is what I tell them to do. So say you have a a normal nighttime routine of maybe you wear blue light blocking glasses, which this is especially important in the hospital because that lighting is just atrocious for your hormones. Um, which take with that what you will. Um, so maybe wearing blue light blocking glasses closer to your shift, tailoring your meals similar to how you would tailor them during the day, right? So our digestion is strongest in kind of the morning afternoon tapers into the evening, kind of same type of thing. We don't want to eat super close to going to bed because that can impact digestion and sleep. So same thing. Like if you are on a night shift and you know, as soon as you come home, you're going to eat something Try to do that maybe two to three hours before your shift ends. So you're not coming home and shoveling something in your face and then trying to get your body to go to bed when it's already struggling, like not having digestion, be able to impact your body's ability to go to sleep. So maybe having some type of a meal at your, at your shift two to three hours before you're done and you'll be able to get home, get right into bed, digestion's done. You can literally just work on sleeping and then eat again when you wake up that afternoon or early evening or whatever that looks like. And it's the same thing kind of with supplements. If you take a magnesium at nighttime or whatever your nighttime cortisol reducing adaptogens or whatever that looks like, you're going to just take that before you go to bed that morning or have them at your shift or have them in your car, depending if you like to take magnesium a few hours before you go to bed. You can just make sure you plan that out accordingly, but everything is really the same. It's just flip-flopped. And then what does make that tricky is by the time your body gets used to that, maybe you have an off day where obviously you're trying to be productive and be a human and do things during the day. So that obviously can get challenging, um, when you are going back and forth. It sucks. Cause I know that we need shift workers. I love our shift workers. They are so essential and important, but it, it is, it does make it harder for hormones, but it's not impossible. There's things we can definitely do to support it. Um, but depending on the duration, there are just going to be sometimes some uh, negative symptoms that come along with it there. I read a study that shift workers are definitely more prone to certain cancers because I really do feel like circadian rhythm disruption is a huge part of this, or just lack of sleep in general, because I know there are a lot of shift workers and one being one that was in my family that, I mean, he just wouldn't sleep. Like he'd get home, maybe sleep for two hours, but then like would be around, one, his daughters got up. So, I mean, if you are going to be a shift worker, getting your sleep is going to definitely be a non-negotiable to just make sure that you can keep this rhythm going as much as much as you can and make it kind of your own rhythm. Because whether your shift or not, Getting to a point where you can have that designated bedtime and you can have that designated rise time and you're not really straying very far from this. So we're kind of getting away from shift right now and just kind of back to circadian rhythm, but shift, keep this in mind, set whatever that bedtime is and set that goal. Wake up time. If you get better with seven hours, because eight makes you drowsy fine. Then you go to bed at nine and you're up at five. Is that, that might be eight. That's eight. Maybe ten, ten to ten to five. That'd be seven. Yes. Um, I can't do math, so just bear with me. You can do the math on your own bedtime yourself. (laughs) Um, seven to nine hours, I feel like, is where most people ideally should fluctuate. I really think anything less than seven, we're just really inhibiting our our bodies and, and their ability to recover. So taking kind of what time you like to go to bed, what time you wake up, and really not varying too much between those. And that includes the weekends, which is hard. But if you think about it, okay, you travel across the country and you're in a time zone that's three hours away. If you typically go to bed at nine, but then you're going to bed at 12 on the weekends, you're telling your body essentially that you just went to California and back every weekend. And no wonder you feel like crap on Monday, because I would totally feel jet lagged if I was doing that every weekend. And I'm not saying you can never go, you know, stray from your schedule. Don't stress yourself out, but do make it a goal and prioritize And it. Cause it's a great feeling when even on the weekends you are staying on somewhat of a schedule. Um, you feel good. You don't feel groggy. You go into Monday being like, it's just the same old day. Like you don't feel extra tired. You don't feel, uh, just drawn of your, all of your energy. You feel the same because you haven't, given your hormones, any stress, you've been able to stay pretty consistent. So we generally like to be in bed around nine, sometimes on the weekends is even before that, if we're not doing anything, which is great. Um, and even if we are, I like to be home so that I can go to bed. And then during the mornings, I, we make sure that, especially if we're in bed at a normal time, that's normal for us. We don't like to let ourselves oversleep because then that can also throw our cycle off, but generally we're waking up on our own within probably a half hour to maybe 45 minutes of when we typically would wake up. So if we typically wake up at 5:45, you know, we maybe we'll sleep until six 30, but we don't like to really let ourselves go past that because you can start feeling groggy. You can start feeling like you overslept and getting those negative consequences. But especially when you're staying up a lot later and sleeping in later, and then you're trying to get back on that same schedule on Monday, it sometimes can take you maybe until Wednesday, thursday to feel okay like i feel like i'm kind of in my good rhythm again and then you just go throw it off the following weekend so just maybe take a little self-analysis of what your sleep wake cycles are looking like during the week and what they're looking like on the weekend are they varying a lot are they staying pretty consistent how do you feel when monday comes around how do you feel at the beginning of the week do you feel tired do you feel um sluggish do you feel like it's hard to get out of bed because if it is this might be something that you might want to continue looking at because I don't know about you, but I don't like feeling like crap. I don't like feeling like I don't have energy. I don't like feeling that I'm not in control of my schedule. I don't like feeling unproductive. I mean, I just, I would be useless in what I do if I'm not productive and I'm not attentive to the people I'm working with or the work that I'm doing. So this is really important to me. So it's, I'm sure it has varying levels of importance, depending on who you are, what you love to do, what you don't like to do. But I think the concepts stay pretty similar. And if you're looking at any type of hormonal health or digestive health, uh, or just longevity, this is really important. I mean, look, if you have a dog, your dog doesn't know what the heck time it is. Your dog just knows this is when I go to bed. This is when I get up in the morning. They are more like sun down to sunrise. Truly, that's how we should be. Um, That is generally how we should be. I mean, there's things. I I had uh, Morgan Adams on the podcast and we talked about sleep. She talked about how there were some people, you know, in our tribal days that would stay up and watch the camp. And there are just some people who are more geared towards being a night owl, but it's so much less of the population than we are led to believe because so many people are like, I'm not a morning person. Like I would say probably 75%. That's not evolutionarily really accurate. Like maybe there would have been a small portion of people that would have been true night owls, but people, if you're a night owl and having a hard time falling asleep, it's probably more due to cortisol dysregulation, And if you're having troubles waking up, definitely due to hormone issues, especially sluggish thyroid. If you've gotten like sound eight to nine hours and you still have a hard time getting out of bed, definitely look to thyroid health and your hormones, which those are all dictated by again, blood sugar and cortisol levels. So if you haven't really quite understood the importance yet, your circadian rhythm is very important for the rest of your hormone balance. So if there's anything that you start working on after listening to this podcast, it's establishing a healthy sleep and wake cycle for yourself. And then from there, establishing a routine to help you really maximize that. So for me, some nighttime routine routines, I've talked about this probably so many times. And if you're sick of hearing, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go into it crazy, but establishing some type of a night- nighttime routine so that your body can start to understand, okay, when we do this, we are kind of winding down for the night. We take the dog out. She goes, she does her business. We get our post-meal steps in. We'll calm down with, you know, something like the sauna or a bath or, and reading tea, wash my face, castor oil pack, low lights, and that totally gets my body in the sense where I'm not doing work. I'm not raising my cortisol. I'm just really trying to wind down. And then in the morning, that's where we want to kind of slowly boost that cortisol up. We don't want to just immediately send it into the horizons with stimulating, uh, looking by looking at our phone first thing in the morning. So that's something I really try to minimize because you can feel the cortisol rush as soon as you open up your phone and you kind of get digging into things. That's, you don't, it might help you wake up, but it's not, it's not beneficial to have that cortisol rush that quickly. So I, even if I like to work out within a half hour, 45 minutes that I'm awake, but I am intentional about getting up. I like getting myself hydrated. I like moving my body a little bit, just getting up, walking around, doing some red light therapy, getting some meditation and to just kind of ground myself, even though I'm trying to, which might sound counterproductive because we're trying to raise cortisol, but the red light is helping Can it can be helping to do that because it's mimicking that sunrise, which is naturally going to help do that. It doesn't have to be crazy and extensive. Um, it can be just small things here and there. You know, when in the summertime, I love just being able to get out on the grass with my bare feet, look into the sun. At that point, our garage is up or our gym is up in the garage, which when we have the garage door open, we're getting The way the sun rises, it's in the east, which is where our garage faces. So we get the light in there, and it's just—it's amazing. I love it. But in the winter, we have to do what we can, and this is as good as it's going to get. But I will tell you, maybe it's just because I'm a seventy-year-old and you know a younger person's body, but I, I really do crave routine. I, I, and I think you will too if you can get into a good routine. You'll see how much body better your body feels. You'll feel so much more in control of what your cortisol is doing. Like, you know, that when you do these certain things, like I'm going to be relaxed, I'm going to be able to calm down and have a good night's sleep. And this takes work. It's not something that, okay, you just have a sleep, you know, a sleep schedule schedule sleep-wake se- schedule for a week and you'll just be completely healed. Your cortisol is going to be great. It's going to take time, but when you are consistent with it, you will feel and reap the benefits downstream. Your hormones will be better. Your thyroid's going to be better. You're going to have more natural energy. You're not going to need caffeine. You're going to be able to wake up without an alarm, not feeling groggy. I mean, all these different great benefits that I think would give us all an immense amount of quality of life. And this is all free. You just have to be intentional about it, which I think is the coolest part. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear if you have any questions, um, shoot me a message, let me know. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much for listening and I will see you on next week's episode.